during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. We should thank our lucky stars. They're still putting on a program of this caliber after so many years. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. Rock stars they are, and God bless them for that. And this baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious shit. I have a plan. You got a plan. I have part of a plan. It's your weekly dose of all things geeky. Class is paying 101. The instructor's Casey Jones. Movie. Comic book. Movies based on comic books. Exhaust! Video games, toys, TV shows. You are concerned! Pro wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it! All the things you got made fun of for in high school. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't start some shit? So grab your action figures, bag and board those comics, and roll for initiative. It's time to... Talk nerdy to me. Holy crap, if you, everybody listening at home, if you take out your Talk Nerdy to Me ticket, your winning ticket this week, as to why we started late, if you pull out your Talk Nerdy to Me ticket, and it says, nothing technical happened, everybody just had to pee, (laughs) you are today's, you are this week's grand prize winner. It's it's incredible. I must have had about fifteen of them, Doctor Peppers. <laughs> if you had, it says right there on the ticket. It says no technical mishaps, comma, everyone just had to pee. You are this week's big winner, so you can bring your winning ticket down to Talk Nerdy to Me Worldwide Headquarters and collect your prize. As to why we started five minutes late, it's it, this is the new game that we're playing. Oh, why are we late this week? Yeah, it's just if, if and then you pull out your winning ticket. Uh, we got to figure out where they get their tickets from, though. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's how it is. If you uh, if you met us at the convention and got your official talk nerdy to me technical malfunction ticket, I guess that's what we're going to start calling <laughs> the technical the technical malfunction at the junction ticket. Um, and it said everything was good, everything was fine. Uh, we just had to um, tinkle a little bit. Then you know you would have won. So. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still really sleepy still. I haven't caught up on my sleep yet from LexCon. Same. I have not. I I thought I might I just did. quit my, I might just quit my job. I'm so tired. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I did until I got up at five o'clock this morning to go see dear friend Tony Rose and uh return his uh signed John Tesh photo. And <laughs> We'll um, get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, and so I, I, I thought I was fine until I got up this morning, and I was just like, no, this is not good. So um, so I appreciate you guys being on the show. I value your friendship, and you know I appreciate you just uh, hanging in. Oh, oh, I, I really value your friendship, too. Oh, God. What is this? this <laughs> Satan? Thank you. <laughs> is that you? No, no. Satan's favorite person, though. If you oh. uh, go back to and, yeah. and w- while we're on the subject, let's say hi to uh, another dear friend of the show, Apple. Oh, you got to say it that way, though. You got to say it the right way. 
dear friend of the show. <laughs> That's the Apple. way. Dear friend of the show, <laughs> Apple. Don't shank us. Uh, which, speaking of, by the way. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm really excited to report that in, uh, in a few weeks, uh, and I know people are going to be like, well, why not now? Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to have the return of a very favorite segment, and that is um, Jail Mail. Oh, no. So Jail Mail, in a few weeks, will be coming back. So uh, it's no longer the uh, Adventures of Koron. That story's over, if you remember. Oh, thank God. So uh, uh, I cannot express how happy I am that the next jail mail story has nothing to do with me. Well, well let's not go that far. <laughs> let's not go that so far as to say that it does not have anything to do with you. Because uh, And also, I, I want to get in the Wayback Machine and still talk to that uh, one jail about sponsoring their book club. So. <laughs> Need to go hey, back if you're in jail out. and want to run a book club, we will sponsor you. Yeah, I don't I care what the other guys say. Why not? I think I, I think we could come up with a couple of good books. There was that one where, like, he had he said something about there was a wizard that, uh, like, put a spell and took someone's pee. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, wasn't there like a dick stealing yeah, wizard or something? It's so weird. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and uh, go through the email inbox and find that one. But uh, I, yeah, I've uh, we've been getting. See, the, the problem is we just have too many shows that have too much good stuff in it, and some stuff has to get shuffled back. And there's some stuff that's really timely that I want to like. We need to get to faster, and then there's some stuff that can shuffle back. And jail mail is just one of those that it just kind of gets shuffled. But uh, we're gonna make some time for it. So if you're a fan of jail mail, don't worry, it's coming back. Uh, it's just going to get take us uh, a few weeks to get back to it. So, uh, but, but, I think uh, you know we're coming down off of our lexicon high, and so I think it's important for us to uh, you know just share real quick out before we get into the meat of this week. Um, and uh, we we get into the the real reason that we're all here, and that is the tax break. It uh, we, when we get <laughs> we should go around and just kind of give a a quick lexicon wrap up. Uh, first of all, thank you again to uh, Jared and Jamie uh, for yeah, Jared and Jamie, Jared and Jamie for uh, letting us be dorky and be nerdy and uh record a couple things and uh you know we did generally a, letting us uh run amok right is how, um, how i'll put it you know we did some live videos we uh posted on some instagram stuff and uh so we had a really really great time and uh but what was everybody's favorite part of lexcon what was like your one takeaway that you really really liked i'll go ahead and start yeah, go ahead. And mine was mine was really quick right off the bat, and uh, I'm not going to get into. I know what everybody's thinking that I'm going to say, but I'm not mm -hmm. because uh, this is this is to uh, pop Obi John and everybody in the Bowling Green area because I'm not going with the MPG story that everybody thinks because I'm saving that. It's a good one. There's a great story that we're going to end up saving for uh, that I'm going to save most of it for the live show. Uh, for our next big live show. But uh, so the first person that I the first celebrity guest that I had a chance to meet upon arriving at the um, downtown historic downtown Lexington, Kentucky Convention Center was WWE superstar and Knox County, Tennessee mayor, 
Glenn Kane Jacobs, right? And so yeah. had the chance to meet him, had him sign the the pop vinyl, and he signed it in red, which was awesome. Like it stands out really, really well. I really like how it looks. But he, after going back and forth, I told him that uh, you know I appreciated the fact that uh, I saw him at WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, and my producer to the stars, Matt Hubbs, and I had a standing bet that uh, whoever predicted the most outcomes correct would would win. The loser would have to buy them a beer. And we were tied, and the only match that separated us was the the match with uh, where Kane he won that battle royal to uh, where the winner fights uh, the ECW champion, and he beat Chavo Guerrero in like eight seconds, which was awesome. And that was the one that put me ahead because uh, I I picked uh, Kane to win the battle royal and win the title, and so it gave me that extra bout, the extra victory that uh, I needed to win. And he, he replied back with uh, that he's glad that he could contribute to my delinquency, <laughs> which was great. Uh, and then he asked where I was from, and I said, you know, right, I live in Bowling Green. And he said, this was the best, because he, he, he starts thinking, and he goes, oh, man, he's like, you know, there's what was what's that arena called? Like, where do, we, where do they run shows there? Because it's something real funny. And I say, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Diddle Arena. And he just he lets out this big bellow of a laugh. He's like, Diddle Arena, that's it, huh? You know, every time we got booked there, it was the funniest thing, and we would always laugh. And so uh, it was it was funny, like, you know, un... I didn't prompt him to to say, you know, it has a really funny arena and blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he remembered Bowling Green, Kentucky has Diddle Arena, which was hilarious. And I'm glad I'm not the only juvenile uh, that a... That literally, a United States mayor... Uh, has the same dirty track mind as I as I do, and it it just makes me laugh. Uh, so uh, that and uh, that, it's it's that tied with um, seeing the shrink wrapped pop up tent skin that uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter now has. Yeah, it looks like a old pair uh, of shoes I had once. I, I feel like we need to touch on something else about Kane real quick. When yeah. we both shook his hand, I really feel like the only way I can describe the size of Kane hand, Kane's hand is mitt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm six and a half feet tall and like shaking his hand. I felt like I was like a toddler trying to like shake hands with a gorilla. That guy's massive. And I, I thought, you know, seeing him on TV, you're like, oh, yeah, he's he's a big guy. Like he's he seems pretty big. Seeing him in person. Holy crap. Yeah. Like he is just a just a giant man. And yeah, uh, his hand made your hand look small and dwarfed my hand so my hand like <laughs> vanished in between his uh, second and third fingers and it was never seen again <laughs> so now i just have one hand and a stump like it's weird his hand ate my hand uh no big guy but super nice like i get why everybody says that he's really easy to work with and is really nice like super nice guy like really nice um if you can work with glenn you can work with anyone right it's like him and uh X-Pac are the two guys that they say, or I'm sorry, him and the kid. Um, if you can work with either one of them, if you can't work with them, then there's no hope for you in the business. So uh, thankfully he did not challenge me for my intergender championship. Um, Cause you'd be dead. I would be, uh, they would be sending me home in a Ziploc bag, <laughs> uh, like just a Ziploc freezer bag. So good thing. One of the that. small ones. Oh, one, yeah. of, one of the small Ziploc bags. Like one of those snack bags that fits like yeah. a teaspoon of pretzels. 
That would be me. <laughs> like you would be sending me home like a teaspoon of pretzels. So that's my that's my thing. That, that that's my. Uh, it started everything off on a good note. Like it just kind of made me feel good going into the rest of of the convention. Um, so that was really fun. John, you want to go? You want me to go? Um. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go because okay. mine's not that great. Um. So I, I had an interesting experience. I was walking around with some friends of mine, um, because the Ghostbuster booth was fully staffed for once. Um, ah. and uh, we came across uh, Karen Ashley, oh, aka yeah. the second Yellow Power Ranger. Because um, they hadn't been in the celebrity area that yet, and they, they wanted to see some celebrities. So we get there, and no line at all. Like, no one at her booth. And I'm like, that's weird. Uh, we're with my friend Robin, uh, who is also a uh, uh, um, a mixed-race lady. Uh, and she's like, oh, my God, you guys, it's her. She was my favorite because I always made me play her when we were kids because she's yellow and I'm yellow, kind of. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The whole thing. I'm, so I'm like, sorry. What? Well, there's no uh, line uh, <clears throat> because they're both black. So she always uh, got made yeah. to play as that character uh, on the schoolyard. Uh, so I'm like, well, she's right there. You got to go meet her. <clears throat> so we walked up, and I'm expecting Robin to turn into like a total fangirl, right? No, no. We're also with our friends Adam and Jared. Shout out to Adam and Jared, uh, who are an adorable couple, uh, adorable nerdy couple. Adam turns into every like hyperventilating fanboy you've ever like heard jokes about <laughs> starts breathing heavily. His heart starts pounding out of his chest. His palms get all sweaty. He starts dropping random power ranger quotes like that's somehow going to impress Karen Ashley. Yeah. Like she hasn't already heard them a million times. I'm just standing back watching this happen. Uh, Cause I don't get starstruck a whole lot anymore. Um, and and you know, I'm fairly good with meeting a celebrity uh, um, protocol. Uh, but watching them just nerd out was awesome. Karen Ashley was fantastic. Total sweetheart. She came up from behind the booth. She was sharing stories with everybody, telling us about uh, you know times when they would um, when they'd make uh, um, co-stars messed up, so they'd have to say technical jargon lines again and again and again. Um, she made a deal with Robin that if Robin brings her cookies next time, she'll give her a free autograph because Robin runs a, or trains people how to work in bakeries. Uh, she was fantastic, amazing. We essentially got like a 20-minute meet and greet. Um, and then at the end of it, I got an autograph because I don't have a Yellow Ranger autograph yet. Uh, my friend Adam, who was still palm sweaty, breathing heavy, heart pounding out of his chest, uh, decided he wanted to get a selfie. Arms heavy. Yeah. There's vomit on his sweater uh, already. Mom spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, – she, she went ahead and, and gave us the bundle deal. Uh, for autograph and selfie, even though we were two different people getting two different items. Uh, she was super awesome about all of it. Um, just really, really nice. And then the next day, um, she was walking and kind of glanced over at the, the Ghostbuster booth. And I was still in uniform, and she just kind of looked up and goes, hey! Like, you know, she recognized me from the day before, because when I met her, I was in Ghostbuster uniform. Um, so just an uber sweetheart. You know, uh, you always hear stories about meeting celebrities and their their dicks and whatnot, so I just wanted to reiterate that. Uh, for the record, Karen Ashley is awesome to meet in person. Just super sweet. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She's so nice. I think you were there with me when I had my giant poster signed. I think that was yeah, you that yeah, was I with me. Yeah, I believe that was. 
and she was a sweet. She didn't even care that uh, that that skull had defaced her her helmet, <laughs> and she laughed about it like she's a good sport. And it was, it was she's just she, yeah, she is everything that is right and good about celebrities at those conventions. I agree. Yeah. She's I mean, I don't know if I've ever met her, but she seems nice from that story and from Flanagan's. Well, and I think that brings us to, uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Weird embrace guy. We, weird embracing guy. Well, well weird embracing it's a, guy. it's, it's, it's a three part story. <laughs> And probably something that I will n- never be able to top because as John is talking about his friend Adam being the uh, nervous, s- palm sweaty, uh, palm sweaty guy, and I, I, I wish Julian was here. We'll, we'll, we'll find him again eventually. Um, <laughs> but I was super excited. One of my top favorite pro wrestlers of all time was going to be at LexCon this past. Uh, weekend and i uh you know I, I shelled out the money for it was edge and christian they were doing the they were doing it the five second pose of awesomeness the photo op and so you know julian and i have this basic it started as a running gag but now i think it's just kind of commonplace for if one of us buys a photo op we both do the picture uh so and i talked about how i really wanted to do like a prom style photo which is, you know, like Julie and I would be standing behind Edge and Christian, like, you know, getting ready to take like a pro- like a photo when you're taking a picture at like a school dance or something. Yeah. <clears throat> am I am I coming through? Are you yeah. all there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So it's about like the the photo was like five fifteen, and at like five o'clock, I turned to Julie and I was like, I don't get nervous, but I'm like really nervous right now and like second guessing this prom thing. <laughs> and he he's like, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe we should bail. Maybe we should bail. And I was like, No, man. I said we were gonna go for it. Fuck it, we're gonna go for it. Yeah. So we're only about like fifth or sixth in line. So we get in, and you know they're 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 taking like different kind of pictures with everyone, and I kind of like. I say it, and as soon as it leaves my mouth, it's something I just wanted to like pull back in. And Edge is like, "What do you mean, like a prom style?" And I like started to stay, and he's like, "No, no, 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 you, you, no, 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 no stepping behind me, no stepping behind me." He's like, "I'm fine with that, but no, that's just weird." It, very nice, like very tongue in cheek. Like he's laughing, and I'm laughing so hard that when they take the picture the first time, I uh, I'm I'm blinking. So we go, they print the photo, they hand it to me, and I'm like. I'm kind of disappointed because I'm bummed. I'm blinking, and I I paid a not a small amount of money for this photo op. Yeah. So the dude who's like handing out the printed photos, he looks at me and he goes, "Oh, you blinked." He's like, "Hold on," and uh, like radios back. And he's like, "So we're going back in," and he sends us back to like right where you walked out. And uh, you know they fl- they wave down the photographer and they're like, "Hey, we have a blinker." Yeah. And Edge <laughs> looks over and he, yeah, hey, we have a blinker. That, that made me feel great. Uh, and Edge just goes, of course it's you. And so, you know, like we go, we get back in the same position. We took the photo in and I'm like, sorry, man, I guess I blinked because I got nervous. And he just like leans close to me and goes, if you're nervous, I can put my arms around you. And I just look <laughs> at him. I go, feel free, feel free to. <laughs> so if you look at, if you look at the actual photo, uh, you've both seen it. Like yeah. Edge is cheesing so hard because he's laughing now. Uh, so I go, I get my picture. I thank him because it was, you know, a great experience. And I'm 
walking, Julian and I are walking the show floor and we run into Adam and Jared, who were previously mentioned. And so we're standing there talking to them and all of a sudden I feel someone's like arms around my waist. I expected to be like, I've got some friends that had art tables, one of the Ghostbuster guys or something. So I turn my head and there's Edge. Ah. Like just smiling at me, arms around my waist, and I am just dying laughing. Like WWE Hall of Famer Edge? Yeah. WWE Hall of Famer, no one has won more (laughs) titles. No one has won more single titles in WWE than Edge. Right. Um, So we'll fast forward to the... The, the last part, I am like freaking out. I'm thanking him. So uh, at the Q&A that I went to later, there was this, um, instead of having like a microphone you walked up to, it was this weird plush Amazon box that had like a wireless mic in the middle of it. So they start the Q&A and it, they just ask like, does anyone have a question? My hand goes up and Christian just looks and he goes, oh, it's weird embracing guy. <laughs> so th- th- there it is. There's... um And so, you know, we have this like back and forth two minute thing when, you know, for the rest of the Q&A, like at one point in time, there was a a, a down moment and uh, Christian starts like humming something and Edge asks him what it's from. And he says it's from A Star Is Born. And all of a sudden, like some redneck from the crowd goes, you watched A Star Is Born? Really? And so, like, Edge goes on this diatribe about how he wants it to be his alarm clock. And Christian's like, yeah, you know, you hear that in the morning, you wake up, you roll over, weird embracing guys there. He's looking at you and goes, so, honey, what's for breakfast? <laughs> and what, Flanagan, we had three, four different people yeah, uh, say they either enjoyed me at the Q&A or yeah. just say, hey, aren't you weird embracing guy? Yeah. When I heard that so, story, when I, when I heard you tell it to me the first time, I said, you know what that means is you are now what they call con famous. And it's uh, a few years ago at LexCon when we were in line for the guy who played Goldar on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I was having him sign my poster, and he got all mad because Bulk and Skull signed where he normally signs. And he literally just took my poster and just walked over and started yelling at him, and I got it on video. Like, I got it on my phone. And we were in line for somewhere lunch, whether it was Subway or whatever. And people came up, and they were like, Hey, aren't you those guys that were with Goldar when he yelled at Bulk and Skull? And we were like, Yeah, yeah, that was us there's a there's a level of con famous that that is just like <laughs> it, it's hilarious and it's really fun and and i said you are you have reached that like that is a story that somebody is going to say hey it's weird embracing guy and sure enough it was within half an hour of me getting to the convention somebody hey aren't you the guy, the guy from the q a the weird embracing guy from the q a and i looked at you and i was like yeah. told you like like, and then the people standing in line behind us at Sting yeah. were like, yeah, we really thought you were funny during the Q&A. And I was yeah. like, thank, thank you? Yeah, like, thanks, I guess. Uh, okay? So a weird compliment to give someone who's not part of the Q&A, right. but thank you. you. Now you need to go to Jared and say, where's my money? Because I was apparently yeah. a draw. No, he gave us a free pass. Thank yeah. you so much, Jared. Yeah, we yeah, greatly no. appreciate your convention. Yeah, no. <laughs> my, yeah, my tongue was completely in my cheek in that. I, I do not. Uh, oh, not 100%. Uh, but no, because, yeah, that was for a year that everybody online, uh, the, the speculation was that it was going to be a rough year and the construction was going to, you know, wreck havoc and all this stuff. I'm telling you, like, the layout was great. Everything flowed really well. Uh, everyone was really nice and polite. Like, it was it was awesome. 
Yeah, I haven't been to uh, Lexicon. Has not had like an audience flow that well in years. Yeah, which I mean, it's a good problem to have because your convention's big and right. it, it has a lot of people. That's a good problem to have. But I mean, it 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 flowed very well. Like you never felt cramped at the convention like you did no. uh, specifically 2018. <laughs> yeah. No, they they nailed it with the crowd control and traffic flow stuff. Um, they used their space they had very creatively because mm -hmm. yeah. they had maybe half of last year. Um, but I know they sold out Saturday and Sunday, so yeah. Yeah. did not too adversely affect the crowd. No, no not and at all. Big props to uh, Tyler and Donna for doing awesome, uh, leading the volunteers and a lot of the crowd control. Like they had it on lockdown. So oh, yeah. props to them. Uh, props to Jared and Jamie for another awesome lexicon it was great like if you uh, i'm telling I'm, I'm telling you guys a majority of our listeners come from kentucky ohio tennessee like that kind of area it, lexicon is is one of those conventions that is is worth the trip it, it's like the briscoe yeah. brothers body shop it's worth the drive <laughs> and so now it's yeah it's it's always it's something to like look forward to yearly and it's always if I if I if we hadn't gotten media, I still would have paid for a full weekend pass. Oh yeah, it, so that was money well spent. And now I start my petition today, as of this day, March the twenty seventh, twenty nineteen, for next mm -hmm. year. Let's make twenty twenty the year that the uh, the WWE Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels comes to LexCon. He's the only WWE legend left that I really, really want to have come in, be there. Kevin, can, can we get Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker? That way we can get, like, the dual Q&A. Oh, I would love that Q&A. <laughs> yeah, we, we would literally just get through their lines and be like, all right, we're going we're gonna to go wait. We're, yeah. we're just going to go wait in line at the Q&A now. It doesn't start for six hours. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Like, I will wait. Like, that is No, we, we, no we, we're, we're going to be front row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, nerds. Uh, while you're all drooling out about what wrestlers you want to have happen, let's yeah. sh shoot this for the goal. Lexington Comic and Toy Convention 2020. Yeah. Talk nerdy to me, panel. Ooh. Shit. Or, or uh, if I can do my... Talk nerdy to me, table and panel. My, mm -hmm. Goddamn. My mm -hmm. ACDC imitation. Ooh. That's the one. <laughs> Navy any, Seals. If you hear any ACDC song, that's what... Ooh. Yeah, if you set it up, I still get to do the Navy yeah, Seals thing. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's that's only half. Like, like that's only a half of a. <laughs> that's only half of one. Like, if someone else sets it up, it's it's only half. So that that counts. Um, but yeah, there uh, there may have been some early preliminary uh, inquiries uh, towards that glory made. So good. <coughs> so then, uh, then we can start saying special guest at the talk nerdy to me table will be. WWE Hall of Famer, Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and WWE, hopefully at some point, soon to be Hall of Famer, The Undertaker. And con-famous, awkwardly embracing guy. Yeah, weird embracing hey, guy. weird embracing guy. Sorry, weird embracing guy. No, we couldn't afford a weird embracing guy. We had to get awkward embracing <laughs> guy. You can't afford me. No. No. So, yeah, another great LexCon in the books. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Fantastic. Uh, the other thing that I really enjoyed seeing was people sprinting to get into the sting line. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. And the, the look on the people's face when they realized they weren't going to be first because you and I were standing there. <laughs> what? Like, was legitimately, the, like, the first few people that got in line behind us, like, the look on their faces when they realized someone was ahead of them yeah. was so just worth getting to the convention early, worth standing oh. in an empty line for, like, 30 minutes by ourselves. So good. Yeah. Still on the fence, it was worth being annoyed by that little kid for an Gosh, hour. But yeah, I've never wanted to um, hit someone else's kid more in my life than if you're the guy... Okay, can I get in trouble for for being mean to a volunteer? Like, I think I proved that no uh, last year at Scarefest. Scarefest. So. Uh, well, well, uh, you know, jury's still out if we're if we're welcome back to Scarefest this year. So I don't know, uh, but dude, volunteer if you bring your kid in line and your kid is like legit screwing with somebody and just being crappy. Um, handle your kid like don't don't make me the bad guy and be dickish to your kid you know yeah like don't make me be the guy that's like have to discipline your kid because that makes me feel like a like like a douchebag and i don't want to feel like a douchebag that's a bigger douchebag than normal. Right. Like, I, I, I'm okay. Like, if you go to my Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram profiles and see that my bio includes the fact that I'm a jerk. Like, it says, <laughs> it says, podcaster jerk. Like, I, I fully embrace the fact that I can be a dick sometimes. But... When I want to punch your kid and your kid's being real annoying, and your kid is, like, putting his butt on stuff. It's super weird, and you need to tell your kid to stop. And if you're not going to watch your child, don't sit there and fucking brag about the fact you're getting autographs for free yeah. while also avoiding your parental responsibilities. Yeah, that was kind of an ass. Was the volunteer in line to get an autograph or working yeah. the autograph? Yeah, no, in line, in to, line get to get an autograph. And sat there and was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm he, like boy, literally bragging about going line to line and getting all of his autographs for free because that's why he volunteers. What day was that on? That was Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Damn. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, whoops. Uh, he or she. Uh, <laughs> it was a he um, made made the rest of the volunteers. Um, I. Because we, I also had a really good experience with a volunteer, so I know that not all the volunteers were that were bad. Uh, yeah, but we had a... go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But the he was a very bad representation of volunteers, even though he wasn't like working. Dude, you're wearing the volunteer shirt with the badge, so you're presenting yourself as a volunteer. Throwing that. Did out. he have him sign an eight by ten or in his shirt? I don't know because we were we were first in yeah, line. So. Yeah, yeah, I was. I yeah, we were ahead of him. So. Really looking for reasons to get him fired as a volunteer. Oh, that would be great. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, if you're a celebrity, uh, don't sign stuff for free for volunteers unless it's like their T-shirt. Right. Um, and then tell mm -hmm. them that they have to go home and wash it because mm -hmm. it probably smells. 
because if you're just there to milk as many free autographs as you can, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I hate that policy. Yeah, personally, but sucks. whatever. But I don't want to end it on a bad note because LexCon was awesome. Uh, it was it was so much fun, and um, everything about it was great. The weekend was fantastic. Uh, Engineer Paul Frankie, I'm sorry that I voted to light you on fire. Um, no, you're not. But, <laughs> don't don't apologize for stuff I, you're not really sorry for. I do I do feel bad about it. Like in hindsight, I mean. I know. Well, it's defense. too late. I know. The yeah, camp burned down and the things won. So he, he's a pile of ash right now. And I know that uh, you know the the old. I had a lot to drink, so I wasn't in clear head to make decisions. Defense doesn't really work, but I do feel kind of bad. So, nah. So uh, <laughs> overall, everything was awesome, and Lexicon was great. I can't wait for next year. Basically, Lexicon, we love you. Yes. So, is it time now for... And, if you're in the Lexington area, come see some of us, uh, not this coming weekend, but the one after, uh, April 5th, 6th, and 7th, at the Lexicon Lexington Gaming Convention. If you like tying your friends to couches and setting them on fire with a flamethrower as a board game... Oh, 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 you had me. As as a board game. Oh. Uh, Never mind. We will be demoing the Thing board game. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. Like it looks. I think you give the perfect description of it in that it sounds complicated at first, but after one round of playthrough, it makes total sense and it's really easy. Good stuff. It, Good I, stuff. I, yeah. Good. It looks like a lot, but yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really good game. Be the guy with the dog. You will not regret it. <laughs> Be the guy with the dog. You will absolutely not regret that. Oh, I also need to send you, John. I need to send you those uh, that Who Goes There file. Yes. Don't, don't let me forget that. Or just bring the game with you when you come hang out. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're pretty sure you're gone that weekend already. Yeah, I, I will be gone that weekend, but uh, I will also be back soon. That's all I can tell right now. Well, you can come see, you can see myself and Commander Scott and probably Coron at some point. Yeah. Question mark. Maybe it depends on how many people join the tip jar, ah. or as we like to call it, the talk nerdy to me just the tip club. Yes. <laughs> just, come just... meet awkward embracing guy. Yeah. Weird and, uh... embracing guy. I told you we can't afford him. Yeah, he's he's too rich for our blood. Uh, Fair. By the way, everybody start thinking about uh, we got April to get through. We're coming up quick on April. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a special holiday in May. So in a couple weeks, I'm gonna we're going to talk about and reveal our next big contest on Talk Nerdy to Me. It'll be the special. You ready for this? This is all I'm going to I'm only going to tell you the holiday that it surrounds. Free come up with that. Almost. Think a little bit later in the month. It's and it's we not my birthday. It's not yeah. my birthday. Uh, oh, you mean the day that uh, Smash Mouth's All Star was released? No. Mm-hmm. Um, the next contest that we're going to be having revolves around Mother's Day. Aww. We've got a special Mother's Day contest coming up. So get ready if you think that your mother is this the best mom and you want to be persuasive to win a prize, get ready. Start thinking about all the qualities of your mom that you like the best 
because pretty soon, in a couple weeks, we're going to reveal the Mother's Day contest, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. That's all. That's 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 it's going to be great. Okay. We're talking with the Talk Nerdy to Me legal team right now to see what we can and can't do. <laughs> um, we we once we get the lawyers involved, uh, we got to uh, you know we got to make sure that it's all all on the up and up. But uh, yeah, there will be a Talk Nerdy to Me Mother's Day contest. With fabulous prizes for both you and your mother. So, I can't well, wait, man. I can't wait. Well, we're on the topic of contests. Yeah. You ready for this? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we doing the thing? Because I got a musical accompaniment. Okay. Because you know what it is. So, in the, in the honor of, I'll stretch for time, in the yeah. honor of March Badness and Best of the Rest... And uh, hidden horror gems. Yeah. There you go. Coming to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 2019 March Time Tournament. (laughs) March Time Craziness Tournament, because we can't say the other thing because copyright. You can't, yeah. (laughs) It's the. Just like. The big game. Yeah, it's the TN2M March Wackiness Tournament. There you go. And what's the what's the theme this year, Obi John? This year's theme, I'm very very proud of because yeah. this came together very quickly. I also want to give a tip of the hat to everyone here. Uh, just the tip of the hat. Yeah, just um, the tip for just having tip. some some great choices. So we have done horror movies and we've done uh, horror movie gems. And we've done uh, uh, the best sequels, the best part twos out there. So in keeping with that tradition, today we are bringing you what I'm calling the third times the charm tournament. Uh, We are debating the top, as chosen by us, 16 part threes in cinematic history. And so now these movies, again, uh, in their uh, respective franchise, they are part three. They don't always have part three in the name. Right. But they are the third movie in their franchise. There may have been movies after them. There may have not been movies after them. Uh, but there's that old adage that the third movie is always terrible. Uh, and there's way too many terrible part threes to name. Godfather part three, Spider-Man Ugh. three, whatever. But we dug through them all and picked out what I would consider to be 16 gleaming examples uh, that break or, or prove that rule. These are all part threes that are pretty damn good. And Yay! So we're going for in-depth analyst coverage. We've got Clark Kellogg over here. We've got uh, the one gumble <laughs> that everybody likes. And we've got Charles Barkley over there. Uh, well, we hey, it's Barl's Charkley. We, we couldn't afford him, so we got Shaquille O'Neal. He's just sitting in the corner. What about uh, uh pitching shit. car insurance of video doorbells and whatever else the fuck he everything that he pitched. Everything? Yeah. Uh cupcakes, uh things that help your back and pain relief and whatever the shit. I don't know. So we I, I really wanted to I really wanted to say one of the people on our panel was Lance Catamaran. <laughs> <laughs> Which is John Cena's character from the South Paul Regional Wrestling uh, YouTube uh, videos. For the purposes of this, I will be um, uh, Lance Uppercut. And, <laughs> uh, or, wow, what, what was it? What was the... Oh, no, yeah, it was the, the shit... I, I'm Lance Shuppercut, uh, which is shit uppercut. When uh, when you open a door that someone has... Uh, here's the best prank ever. I'm going to do this real quick. <laughs> 
go into somebody's room, right, when they're not there, like in their, in their house. You turn the heat up to like 130. You take a shit in their toilet. You don't flush it. You leave it until they come back. When they open the door, they get what is literally a shit uppercut, or as I like to call it, a shuppercut. Go ahead. I know there's a lot to unpack right there. There's a lot to unpack. But uh, so I'm, uh, for the purposes of this in the studio, I'm Lance Shuppercut. What's our tournament look like, Obi John? <laughs> 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 I got worked up. I got worked up. I'm sorry. I think John just left. John, it's, John it's just me and you to handle this. Okay, now. you just you just let you just stepped back from the craziness. It's okay. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Turn I knew that's where it was going. So north north bracket. What do we got in the north division? So first up, we have uh, and uh, this is the one. So we all picked five, uh, and then I slotted one in. That was a fan pick uh, to finish it out to be 16. So first up, we have. Um, the third Avengers movie, the, if I'm doing my math right, 19th Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Infinity War, going up against, uh, and this was chosen for us by The Doc, Ooh. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Oh, wait, sorry. Ooh. Both team-up movies. Yeah. In one, we see the entire MCU team up to take on Thanos. In the other, we see Indy partner up with his dad to take on Nazis. Um, I will need someone to argue Last Crusade. I don't care if it's Amir, you, uh, Flanagan. But, uh, Koran, go ahead and start us out. If Friendly War was your pick, tell us why. Uh, I I believe, like, and, you know, it's, it's what you've talked about. A great sequel builds on what the previous films have done. And obviously infinity war had, it's the third Avengers movie, but it's the 19th in the franchise, but it still does build on everything from the two previous Avengers movies. Uh, not only from a film standpoint, but from a technical standpoint too. Like I think John, you and you and I were talking about this and it was like when we were going to see the first Avengers movie or we were talking about going to see the first Avengers movie, it was very much a, how are they going to deal with all these characters on screen when they had like seven? Uh, now it's just a, uh, well, what are they going to do with all these characters? And, uh, one of the guys I played D and D with a shout out to Charlie, um, said like at one point in time that's going between you know the the fight on titan and then the fight um on earth and there are about probably 25 ish characters you can name on screen but it never felt cluttered um and i i I think close personal friend of the show or hall monitor travis put it best when he said this was just a 10-year victory lap uh it you know as as heart-wrenching as the end is the entire movie just felt fun it felt good and it was a you know it was a good experience it was it was a fun thing to see in theaters it had some little it you know it gave nods and built off of the previous stuff it did and threw back to a lot of it which i really enjoyed it's a very solid argument it made about two billion dollars so yeah it's got that going for it which is nice. I think it's the second highest grossing movie of all time. Maybe third. Friggin' Avatar. It's right below Avatar. Um, Flanagan, do you want to argue Last Crusade or I can do it? Uh, please, go ahead. Okay. Um, so Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is one of those rare 
gems. Or again, I talked about it sort of in the intro, but a lot of the times movie three in a trilogy gets dumped on because it's the worst. Uh, and there's plenty of examples you can list for terrible movies, you know, third movies in a franchise. The Indiana Jones franchise does things a bit different. Uh, and I'm not saying Temple of Doom is a bad movie, but it was not as well received as Raiders of the Lost Ark. So when you come to Last Crusade, you've got the writer, director, producers, uh, actor, everyone basically trying to set out and kind of, you know, hey, sorry about that last one. We'll put things back on track. It brings back the Nazis. It brings back the uh, uh, Judeo-Christian artifact. Uh, it has a lot of similarities to Raiders, but a lot of people would argue it outdoes them all because of one name, Sean freaking Connery. Um, I think Steven Spielberg said it himself. The only person who could have been the father of Indiana Jones is James Bond. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, you've got everything you love about an Indiana Jones movie, crazy artifacts, booby traps, uh, vaguely supernatural, uh, MacGuffins fighting Nazis, giving Nazis to business, um, airplane chases, car chases, shootouts, um, a, a femme fatale, a blonde this time around. Uh, it's, 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 ah, it's everything you love about Indy and, and, uh, and more. Uh, Sala comes back, that awesome, uh, uh, fight chase thing in the desert that goes on for like half an hour yet is, is amazing. Or Indy's on a horse fighting a tank. Um, Last Crusade gives you everything you love about the character. Uh, it's not only better than the second movie in the franchise. A lot of people say it's the best Indiana Jones movie, hands down. Um, and, and I always look at, so, so when I was picking my movies, I looked at really two criteria. Number one, is it a good movie? Uh, is it in and of itself a good movie? And then secondly, how does it serve the rest of the franchise? And if you, if you look at Last Crusade on that, it stands alone. If it's the only Indiana Jones movie you've ever seen, you're fine. You'll you'll be able to follow along just fine, no problem. And it it serves the franchise in that it it carries forward everything you loved about Raiders, uh, the things that were missing from Doom, uh, and gives you. Not only is it a great movie, but spoiler, it literally ends the way the trilogy was meant to end with Indy and his father and Sala and Marcus literally riding off into the sunset. Um, it is a great movie on its own. It is a great end to the trilogy uh, that is Indiana Jones. That's a good, that's also a very strong argument. I try. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, Coran, and assume you're waiting for uh, Infinity War. No. No, you're not? Wow. <laughs> okay, not against Last Crusade, no. Wow. Uh, Holy cow. Flanagan? <sighs> yeah, I'm... I gotta go Last Crusade. You're breaking up. I can hear you. What? Uh, I gotta go Last Crusade. Then it's a sweep, kids. Wow! Uh, I, I love Infinity War, but uh, I, I have this connotation with, like... Um, Last Crusade is one of the first movies I ever actually like remember watching. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it came out in what, 89? So, yeah, I mean, it was one of the first things I can remember, like, before we even moved to Lexington, sitting in the living room with my dad watching it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I have a soft spot for Last Crusade for sure. 
and I'll I'll tell you what what edged it out over Infinity War for me. Um, like I said, Last Crusade. If you've never seen a single Indiana Jones movie, you can pop in Last Crusade and you're good to go. Infinity War, uh, and I, I, I'm glad they did this with Infinity War. But if you haven't seen any other Marvel movie and you pop in Infinity War, you're just going to be confused for two and a half hours. Yeah, uh, because they don't reintroduce anybody they don't give you a uh, an up-to-date of here's what's going on and here's what these people, these people are and i'm glad they didn't because at that point if you're not with the mcu <sighs> you're just not going to be so get the fuck out well yeah um, you're not going to be in but, that movie if you're not caught up yeah you're just going to be confused for two and a half hours why am i so here? that's what edged it out for me um yeah I, I, what does it for me is the fact that infinity war is technically half of the story. Mm-hmm. And so it's like movie number three, part one. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, it's, it's really, cause you can say the movie has a beginning and a middle and an end, but really does it. It's got a, <laughs> it's got a beginning, a middle and a, a second middle. And it hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It has an end point. There's, yeah. there's a part where we just stopped telling the story. Yeah. But, uh, we, we all know the story is not done yet. So. There's a part where it just fades out and it says directed by. And the guy that was in the theater was like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, it, <laughs> it has really a beginning, a middle and a cliffhanger. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. Sweep right in the right. Yeah. In the beginning. Let's go to uh, let's go to Shaquille O'Neal, who's busy pitching the ring doorbell. <laughs> oh, he did not see that coming. Jeez. <laughs> All right, back to you guys. Uh, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of things in the bracket. I probably would have picked Infinity over Infinity War over, but oh, Last yeah. Crusade's not one of them. Jeez. So, all right then. Moving on, our next bout. Um, Flanagan, time to get off the bench. Oh, here Rocky we go. three. Yes. Taking on Return of the Jedi. Much like Rocky in the original Rocky, I'm not going to win this one, but that's okay. Um... I'm ready to give it a fight. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> the Italian stallion yeah. versus the end of the saga. Is Shaq just gonna stare at me the whole time? He is. He's gonna make uncomfortable eye contact with you. Uh I'm pretty uncomfortable. And he's going to continue to hold his hand up and try and palm your head like a basketball. He keeps trying to happens. block he keeps he's trying to block shots I'm not taking. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely a thing. That's what happens when weird embracing guy means awkward staring guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a battle for the ages. Boom, boom, boom. Speaking of, on the court. So, <laughs> Rocky Three. Rocky Three is where the series just embraces the over-the-top, Sylvester Stallone over-the-top, um, kind of, I don't want to say goofiness, but like it kind of turns into the skid where we have more musical montages and you have Mr. T and you have Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips and it kind of hits its stride as less of a drama and more of an action sports and it kind of sets the tone for you know the fights are bigger uh, better how, how do you take Rocky the underdog who then becomes for lack of a better term the overdog and becomes <laughs> becomes everything that he was against and becomes, you know, the champ and becomes the uh, he starts to become soft because he starts believing his own hype. How do you how do you get back to 
you know, that character, because you've kind of strayed from that. You take him down a peg or two, and who do you use to help that? B.A. Baracus himself, Mr. T. First name Mr., last name T. And you have Mr. Also, T. Also, can we... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, what do you think the over-under is that Michael for, Michael P.S. Hayes has uh, described someone as overdog before? Oh, yeah, he's an overdog, man. Doot, doot, doot. Flanagan, how do you get him back on top, though? Uh, you have him put in a cassette tape that's labeled Jungle Music, bring back Eye of, bring in Eye of the Freaking Tiger. There it is. And have your boy, Apollo Creed, help train him back to fill in the gaps that he's missing. So you go from, you, you evolve the story, and you take Apollo Creed, former enemy, turn friend, turn new mentor, because Mickey may he rest in peace, dies in this one. So Rocky needs new focus. He needs, uh, you know, to, to change up his style a little bit because he's too predictable. He's become essentially a punch-out character and just has a repetitive pattern that Mr. T is able to just pick apart and whoop his ass. So as a movie, it's very... It's a, uh, I'm going to go ahead and use a, a big-timey college word. It's a microcosm of the entire Rocky franchise where it hits a point where it's kind of stale. Rocky as a character, kind of stale. So how do you rebuild? You rebuild the character. You start basically from scratch. You knock his ass down to the bottom, all the way down, not just a peg or two, every peg. And then you build him back up. And then you also formulate the friendship that later goes into Rocky IV. So it it takes the past, builds to the future, and you can just watch it stand alone and watch um, uh, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky on the Muppet Show in the opening montage as he's becoming <laughs> a soft he's becoming a softy and then realizes what's important, re re gets refocused, and pushes Mister T out of that plane to regain his boxing championship. So it Get hits everything, the right? It, 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 hits, it hits everything that makes a good sequel and just a solid, fun movie. It's, it's enough Rocky that you, you get the drama of him failing and then building himself back up, but it's also a little bit more fun, a little bit more popcorn movie kind of. It's not as heavy. Uh, so it's much easier to just pop in and enjoy. So Rocky three, it's a winner. Rocky, Rocky, right. Rocky loves Emily. Rocky. I'm oh, sorry. Wrong, wrong Rocky. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. So yeah, that's my pitch for Rocky three. That's why I put it on the list. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, Return of the Jedi. It's uh, it's the end of the trilogy. It's it's the end of the saga. It is after the cliffhanger that was Empire Strikes Back. Han's frozen in carbonite. Luke lost his hand. Vader's his dad. What? Uh, this movie had to come in, carry those plot lines forward, and give you a a um, satisfactory conclusion to uh, what was you know at the time and still kind of today the biggest franchise ever, Star Wars. So how do you do that? You set with one of the greatest opening acts ever uh, of going back to Tatooine, meeting Jabba the Hutt, who we've only heard talked about but haven't met before. Um, you get Leia disguised as the bounty hunter freeing Han, and then she's captured, and then we get the metal bikini. I don't think I need to really say much more than that. That could have been ah. my entire argument is Slave Leia costume. Um, 
But we got more. We got full Jedi Knight Luke in his black outfit with his badass green lightsaber. Um, that sail barge scene. Then we blast off into space. We see the death of Yoda. We see the final confrontation of the Empire and the Rebellion and Luke fighting his dad in front of the Empire or the Emperor. Uh, the whole battle for Luke's soul. Um, it is the coolest lightsaber fighting you'll see in the original trilogy. It is some of the biggest space battles you'll see in the original trilogy with uh, Lando piloting the, the Falcon against the second Death Star. Sorry, the Falcon against the second Death Star. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> with a weird alien guy with Nian Nub next to him. Um, Wearing Han Solo's clothes and it's really weird. That's fucking weird. It's okay, okay, time weird. out. That's Empire, not Jedi. Oh, my bad. I retract my yeah. statement. <laughs> End it's of so Empire when he takes weird. off. He's, he's wearing Han's clothes. <laughs> my, he my got bad. his own wardrobe for Return of the Jedi. I would like to officially retract my statement and request <laughs> that my nerd card be reinstated. It's all good. It's all, all good. Right. Thank you. You may continue. Uh, look, I know I have an uphill battle, so I gotta gotta knock that off. Um, <laughs> we get Vader without his mask for the first time. Um, and no matter how you cut it, if you only watch the original trilogy, it's the end of that. If you watch the original six movies, it's the end of that storyline too. Uh, it's it's Luke bringing his father back to the the light and casting. You know, it's Anakin uh, coming full circle and killing the Emperor. Um, and and you know, the beginning of the end of the Empire. Um, huh, I'm trying to think what else I have. I would have missed. Oh God, fucking Ewoks, man! Uh, that whole battle on Endor. <laughs> Come on, who the latest celebration song in the history of film music? I'm of course talking about the immortal classic played at every sporting event uh, from, from that day forward. Uh, Yub Nub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Forget we are the champions. It's all That's what about I play the when it's uh, dirty time. Uh, here at the, uh, at the Flanagan House, uh, it's uh, <laughs> uh, Yub Yub is the Dirty Time anthem. <laughs> like, uh, like you know how uh, uh, Andrew WK is party on is like every party's anthem. Um, dirty Time. Uh, no shots is every party anthem. Uh, uh, it's not. It's not 2002 anymore. Uh, whatever. I still live there. Um, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, Dirty Time is uh, Yub Nub. In, in the there, there you house. go. There you go. So, um, so yeah, there's my Return of the Jedi defense. Even though you left out space butthole, you know, solid argument. <laughs> it's one of my favorite terms. Uh, or I, I guess the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, sand butthole. <laughs> so I was like, what is he talking about, space? Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, sand, yeah. sand butthole. Um. <laughs> uh, it's the death of the worthless character that is Boba Fett. Yeah, I Boba Fett kind of sucks. No, it's true. Okay. Killed by a blind guy with a stick. Okay. No, there you write, go. Uh, write, write this down in your notebook right now. Ready? Okay. Is One, it, two, three. Is it just us or does Boba Fett suck? There's no question. That's, but okay. That's, that's an episode that is going to get us hate mail, but it's going to be worth it. Uh, are we talking about the one from the. Um, like the one that rides a dinosaur and has a trident? Are we talking about the one from. Uh, same character. Yeah, but I prefer the one that uh, rides the dinosaurs. And... Yeah, we know, but he didn't yeah. say it that way, so. Nope. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, are we are we voting? Is yeah. now the time for vote? Yep. Let's go for it. Jedi. Whoa. Hey. Uh-oh. Yeah. I, I gotta go. I gotta go Rocky 3 because I picked it. So as much as I love Return of the Jedi. All right. 
Well, that steals the deal then. Taking it away is Rocky Three. Are you kidding me? Look, it hurts me to say this because Jedi is my favorite movie of the original trilogy, but there are two words that pretty much knock this thing in shin. Yeah. Because if you've only ever seen the special edition of Return of the Jedi, you're not seeing the good Return of the Terrible, terrible, hacked to pieces after the fact version of Return of the Jedi with CGI Sarlacc and stupid musical number in the first 20 minutes that no one gives a shit about and um, no yub-nub. So uh, because of the existence of the special edition, I have to throw my weight behind a movie that to this day is still a perfect part three, Rocky three. I just want to say right now, I know it's not from the same movie, but if I can change (laughs) and you can change, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And we all can change. Adrian, we did it. Rocky three moves on, baby. Yeah, like it hurts to vote against your own movie, but especially when you're the guy who made the break. Look at that. That's, I can't, man. It's uh, I love Jedi, but I hate that special edition. And God damn, Rocky three is just so good, isn't it? Though it's so good, people forget they remember Rocky one, yeah. and then they just jump right to Rocky three. They forget Rocky two altogether, and that's not a sign of a good part three. I don't know what is. Fair. All right, I'm this probably about one. to steal that argument too. <laughs> This next one's going to be real friggin' interesting. Here we go. Uh, this is, so we've had some action movies, uh, some adventure movies, some sci-fi movies. Get ready to laugh your ass off because round three, we have Naked Gun 33 in the third. <laughs> yes. Versus National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Jesus. Boys, take it away. Here we go. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go, uh, well, what, I'll, I'll let you, whichever one you want to do. If you want me to go first, I will. But if you want to go first, by all means. I went first last time. Okay, I'll go. I got this. All right. Okay. Naked Gun, 33 and a third. I know what you're thinking. The weakest of the Naked Gun movies. Which, even if you say that, even if I were to say that it was the weakest of the three Naked Gun movies. The Naked Gun movies are on a pedestal by themselves in visual comedy and on-screen, paying-attention comedy. They are in a class by themselves. The thing I love about the Naked Gun movies is that, unlike every other movie franchise that has some sort of bad guys trying to do something evil the stakes get progressively smaller in the Naked Gun <laughs> movies. It starts out in the first one where uh, they're trying to murder the Queen of England. Then in the second one, it's some kind of environmental thing. The third, By the time they get to the third one, they're trying to blow up an aw- a movie award show. Like, the stakes just keep getting smaller and smaller, and that's hilarious to me. It fits entirely in in the scheme of Naked Gun movies. You still just flat out laugh your ass off the entire movie start to finish. Even if you know certain jokes are coming. The wetsuit into the raw sewage scene always still makes me laugh. Just hilarious. Um, with, with some of the weirdest guest stars uh, in this movie, some of the best 
weird like i can't believe anna nicole smith is in this movie as as uh the one of the evil seductresses hilarious it's it, i still to this day send gifts from and yes they're gifts from naked gun 33 and a third because that movie is so damn funny leslie nielsen at this point has completely and in, and totally embraced the role of lieutenant frank drebin to the point where he at that point he could do it in his sleep and it's so hysterically funny it's one of those movies that you can just listen to it and it's hilarious because the things that they say are really funny or you can watch it and just by looking at what's on the screen flat out hilarious or if you do both and you're paying complete attention because sometimes I like to watch movies and I'm doing something else so I only listen to it or I only look at it and I don't you know catch the whole thing I don't have like full focus on it you can watch it any of those three ways and it's still just an A plus comedy hit it's fantastic start to finish freaking funny from the beginning when Frank Drebin's retired and listening to Huey Lewis in the news while he's shopping for groceries to the very end top notch I love it and their numbering system is is, is also funny two and a half the smell of fear then goes to 33 and a third the final insult the defense rests well while I enjoyed uh, Leslie Nielsen and his almost impeccable and un- unchallengeable comedic timing uh, I I don't think I can pick a holiday movie that has more connotation and more uh, is more just renowned overall than with maybe the exception of like the original Halloween than uh, Christmas Vacation is. Um, it's, I mean, you want to talk about like, it's endlessly quotable. Endlessly quotable. And the movie came out almost 29 years ago. And it's, you know, I don't care how many times I've heard the jokes. I don't care how many times I've seen the movie. I don't care. Like, it's it's always going to get that laugh. It's, um and as John said, you know it's a sign, it's a good sign of a third movie in a franchise when uh, you can go from the first one, skip the second one, and go directly to three. And then you know John talked about being able to sit down and watch Last Crusade as its own film. You don't have to see any of the previous Vacation movies to really understand uh, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I mean you know you might be a little a little thrown off by like the arrival of Cousin Eddie, but it's. After like a minute, you're going to realize, okay, this guy's just over the top comic relief. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where Christmas vacation was so good. You're angry that they made Vegas vacation. And then the reboot sequel, whatever the fuck it was with Ed Helms, like, you're actively upset that they made more movies after this. Um, so, you know, shitter's full. 
is just like, and it's one. It, it's a movie that anyone can sit down and watch and laugh. I, my mother is probably one of the most conservative, like quiet, you know, reserved people on the planet. And she laughs her ass off every time she watches this. Uh, a few years ago, we watched this with my grandmother and my mom was kind of showing it to her. And my grandmother just sat there and watched the whole hour and a half, just thoroughly enjoying herself. My friend told me a story about how his priest father-in-law was just unable to control his laughter during the uh, hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol rant? <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a comedy movie for everyone. And it's just so damn good. I love Christmas Vacation. Okay. They're fair points. Nah. Uh, I'm going Christmas Vacation. Flanagan? I'm going Naked Gun 33 and a third. I got to go with my boy. R.I.P. Leslie Nielsen. As much as I love Frank Drebin, I got to go Christmas Vacation. On I this understand. One. And yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough... Uh, yeah, it's a tough road to hoe for Naked Gun, so I get it because Christmas Vacation is freaking hilarious. It is really I mean, freaking funny. I mean, I have Christmas Vacation pop vinyls. Like you, it's, it's <laughs> iconic. Like the movie's iconic. Yeah, the so. the movie is is a pop culture icon now, not just a movie. As much as I love uh, Police Files and Naked Gun, yeah. I gotta I gotta give the edge to. Yeah. I mean, forget about. Skip the first one, you go to the third one, and you're fine. There are so many people who only know Christmas Vacation and have <laughs> yeah. no idea it's part of a franchise. Yeah. So. Got to give points to that. All right. So, Ron, don't sit down yet. You're not done yet. Oh, uh, I know. Our final bout in this, uh, what do you call it, hemisphere? <clears throat> yeah. Left half in of the bracket. In, in this uh, division, <laughs> yeah. We uh we're shifting gears again from laugh your ass off to scare you shitless. Ooh. Yeah, we have Paranormal Activity three versus Predators. Ooh. With with an S, yes. Uh Karan, do you wanna go or do you wanna give me some time? I can go first. Go for it. Um I I, I will openly say this and this is actually a st- some other point. I think Paranormal Activity 3 is the pinnacle of the found footage horror movie. Wow. Um, it might not be the most famous one. I don't think anything ever outdo Blair Witch Project on that thing. But I do not think there has been a better found footage horror film um, than, or like, there just has not been a better found footage horror film than Paranormal Activity 3. Uh, uh, what about this a couple weeks ago? Um, I think up on our topic of what really scared you, I think you talked about specifically the after. I think Flanagan, did you say the first one? Yeah, the first when one we did that. Yeah. shit out of me. And John, I think you talked about the third one. Um, it literally like builds and changes, and it it, it takes the the found footage aspect that from the first one and literally like grows on it, the, the fan cam, which is a weird thing to say, because you assume it's, you're talking about like panning over a crowd at like a, a capacity crowd at a sporting event. But no, I'm talking about a camera on an oscillating fan to give you a better view of the room. Um, it just, it 
I don't want to say grows. Uh, I mean, it really does. It grows the brand, the Paranormal Activity name. Uh, you know, the first one caught some buzz. I, I don't want to say the second one had, like, a lot of, like, rumblings. But, like, the third movie hit the fucking ground running. Like, it was just... And it was just downright creepy. It was creepy. Um, and again, I mean, I really think it's still... It's also a movie you can sit down and... You don't necessarily have to see parts one and two. Like, you might miss out, again, very similar to Christmas Vacation. You might miss out on a couple little odd and end points. But um, I think you can watch part three on its own and still be thoroughly terrified. And uh, the story is not really something you're going to be focusing on because you're going to be shit your pants scared. So I knew I would get you guys with my statement about it being the uh, pinnacle of found footage horror. The straw bold statement, sir. It is. I yeah, don't disagree with you on that, but it's a bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> um, look, Paranormal Activity three is is great, uh, especially compared to the movies that followed in that franchise. Uh, but uh, so Predator is a hands down classic of sci fi action eighties movies. It is. It is in a class of its own. We'll never see a movie that's the right combination of script, director, cast. I mean, it is literally lightning in a bottle. Predator 2, a lot of people hate, I think, unfairly. I'm a fan of Predator 2. I love Mr. Danny Glover. He's not too old for this shit. Um, but to me, Predators was a breath of fresh air. And I'm, I'm being a little technical because I'm discounting the Alien versus Predator movies. Those don't uh, count. Yeah, they're terrible. So Predators, with a plural with an S is the third movie in the predator franchise. Um, it flips the already established, uh, plot on its head rather than a predator coming to earth and hunting a bunch of people. We see a ragtag group of soldiers, mercenaries, assassins, dangerous motherfuckers, uh, brought to some random planet. Uh, and Topher Grace. Um, trying to figure out where they are, why they're there, what's happening, and eventually come to the conclusion they are on a game preserve. They are the game. Um, so it's this group of, of dangerous killers forced to try to work together to survive. Uh, it gives you that same uh, uh, no one trusts anyone kind of dynamic that the thing does because literally they're other, but if it's you, not really friends, like in the first Predator movie. Uh, it also progresses the Predators forward. We see a new clan of Predators, the the bigger, more dangerous ones, who have literally already hunted one of their own kind. Um, we see some progression of their technology. We see them using drones, the Falconer. Uh, we see them using dogs to flush them out. There's some homage to the original movie. They come across the, uh, the Green Beret soldier who set up all kinds of booby traps, just like Arnold did in the first movie, but the Predators have learned from the those tactics and they get him anyway. Um, there's plenty of nods to the original, but they don't slow the movie down. They're not crucial to the plot. This could be the only predator movie you've ever seen in a way. It also gives you, uh, like Flanagan brought up, the mystery of why the hell is Topher Grace here, mm -hmm. um, which does have a really cool payoff. Uh, I will not spoil it. Uh, but it is a badass movie from start to finish. Um, 
it gives you everything you want from a predator movie cool gory kills badass action uh there's a scene where a freaking yakuza enforcer has a sword fight with a predator in the long grass and it looks like something out of a freaking kurosawa movie it's amazing uh, I don't get why this movie did so poorly and why it's dumped on so much. It was not super reliant on CGI. We still get practical people in suits doing real stunts. Do whatever the fuck the Predator was last year. Um, to me, it is the only worthy successor to Predator's title. Um, there you go. Solid arguments on both sides. I mean, I love Paranormal Activity 3, I do. Yeah. But yeah. to say that you don't need to see the previous two movies, I would disagree with. Because PA3 is a prequel. And it's there to answer questions about the storyline and gaps in the storyline that the first two movies didn't cover. Not to say you can't enjoy the scares, but I think it is more dependent on the first two movies than Predators is on the first two movies. I'll shut up now. There we go. All right. So I'm assuming that everybody's voting for the one that they argued for. This time, yeah. So yep. that it falls on me. So um, it's all on you. Oh shoot. Um, Shoes. Well, I know how this is going it? for me. No, it, no. Predators has Topher Grace. <laughs> no, no. And, and I, I, I do love Topher Grace, but I would not vote for Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Just saying. Um, Fair. <laughs> um, here's. Here's how I here's how I would picture my criteria for voting for which movie is which movie makes me want to see more in the franchise, which one makes me feel good about the franchise going forward, and because of that, I have to vote Predators. Yes, I have to vote that way. Uh, Paranormal Activity three, I will go ahead and say, aside from the first one, it's the only one I like uh, in that franchise. I like the first one a lot. I like the third one a lot. I can leave every single other one behind. I don't even know how many others there have been. Um, there were six uh, in I total. Could, that I thought there they, was only did, four. Oh my god! No, they did the they did the GTA uh, way of numbering. They did one, two, three. The marked one. Uh, so there are six, but yeah, I've seen are... I've seen three and a half. Um, <laughs> because the fourth one I couldn't even get through. So. Four is pointless. It contributes nothing to the plot, and you can skip it and not miss a damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I wish I would have known that because I would have just skipped the whole damn thing. But instead, I tried to stuff yep. through it, and it did not work. And I gave up halfway through, and that killed the entire rest of the franchise for me because now I have zero interest in paranormal activity movies anymore. Um, it's okay. I think they're done. Yeah, I they're hope, done. I um, so. I for so. now, anyway. Uh, I I actually really enjoy Predators. The only thing. You know, aside from picking it, the thing that put uh, Paranormal Activity 3 over is I fucking hate the Lawrence Fishburne segments in Predator. I don't think it really adds anything to the movie. Yeah. I know what they did and what they had to do, but it's kind of a uh, random detour. Yeah, it's a detractor. Um, So, and then, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, then, moving on. Yeah. <sighs> Koran, stay warmed up. <laughs> oh, I know, man. Yeah. Back to back to back. Looking at this bracket, I should have swapped a couple of these around a little bit because we're going to get some very interesting combinations next round. But uh, starting first round of the right side, we have three season of the witch versus Friday the Thirteenth Part Trace. Oof. You you went first last time we went, so do you want me to go first this time? Sure. I just want you to know already this one hurts my heart. I know, I know it does, but this I know match it up, does. This matchup tears me apart inside. Uh, th- this one, this one stings my soul a bit. Like this, uh, like this one's tearing me apart from the inside, like those nacho fries from Taco Bell, like they're just <laughs> screaming to get out. So it's ripping me apart. Uh, the the rattlesnake nachos or yeah. whatever the hell. Oh they're... yeah, they are ripping me apart. Ugh. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> that was a the room reference for everyone at home. Um. Halloween three. What? Can, can I just say sing the still? Where's <laughs> my case? <laughs> um, no, it's a uh, little, little history. Um, they initially wanted Halloween to be an anthology series of films um, that would basically change. Like they would be coming out every year or two, but they were going to change uh, premise. Uh, obviously, that's not the way it went. Uh, uh, you know, um, Season of the Witch did not do very well financially. It was critically panned for a long time. I think it's been a little more recently that it's actually gained more of a cult underground following. Um, the thing is, it, it's not bad. It's just not Michael Myers. Uh, I enjoy the movie. I I love a good corrupt corporation story. Um, and uh, I kind of like... It's it's very strange to even kind of call this a horror movie or uh, like a slasher. Um, it almost feels kind of like a whodunit at points. I do fucking love this movie. Um, shit, what's that actor's name? Who's the main guy in it? Tom Atkins. He's in like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Tom, Atkins. Tom Atkins. Um, he's you know he does a great job. Uh, his mustache deserved second billing for the movie. <laughs> um, and just. If you want to talk about an earworm, like the Silver Shamrock song is perpetually in my head from about mid-September to early November. Because, uh, you know, it, it's Halloween 3 is for some reason this movie I associate with, like, it's turning fall, it's getting cooler, it's, uh, you know, the days are getting shorter, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden it's just in my head, it's do 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 silver shamrock. So uh just I you know the, the, this movie feels like the little movie that could. Like it was never bad. It just took thirty-five years for people to realize it. And you want to talk about being in a standalone movie franchise, look no further. Cause this has nothing to do with the other Halloween movie. Aside from the fact that I think Halloween is on a TV. But yeah. Rules. It is it is a really good movie. Captain Planet? I can't uh I can't deny the greatness that is Halloween three season of the witch. However Or Tom Atkins yeah, or or Tom Atkins mustache just yeah. Um however I feel 
that it pales in comparison to Friday the 13th Part 3 as a threequel. And I will tell you why. Number one, first and foremost, let's get it out of the way. Friday the 13th Part 3 is the entry where Jason gets the iconic hockey mask. Thus, setting up the character for the rest of it's his run up to and including today. So iconic just for that alone. At this point, they have perfected and fine-tuned the Friday the 13th formula. Being shot in 3D, the movie has some of the most creative kills in the entire franchise, including the eyeball popping out and the guy who's walking on his hands who gets cut in half pretty freaking awesome uh one of the best actors to play jason and yeah uh, is it just me or is kane hodder overrated as jason um but richard broker as jason is fantastic he's the perfect amount of maybe supernatural creepy maybe not he can run and he's just all around intimidating and scary uh menacing some of the best characters from the franchise are in part three where you have uh shelly who is so iconic that he's actually uh, a character in the the video game so uh you have all of the classic friday the 13th tropes so you have the you're all doomed guy you have the children or the teenagers the young adults isolated in the cabin you also have the the wild card which is the biker gang which is an interesting twist uh you have the the fun 3d element so certain shots if you look like there's the uh the there's the scene where they're in the general store and Shelly throws the wallet which is famous for if you've ever seen any of the behind the scenes stuff of how long that shot took to actually happen and be done correctly it was this emerging technology and they slid it into what became with that entry in the series uh, the established Friday the 13th franchise created the iconic look of Jason Overall, start to finish, often considered one of the best entries in the in the series. Um, it's always ranked up. It's, it usually goes, usually the top three for anybody are uh, involve part six, part four, and part three. Usually those are everybody's top three somewhere along the line. Um, and so part three... I think not only one of the strongest entries in Friday the 13th as a whole, but stronger than Halloween 3 season of The Witch. The defense rests. Oh, also, wait, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Uh, no, you said you rest. Come on, come on. One the more defense thing. said it rested. Objection. Um, sure. Uh, Go. The theme you make checks. Stop, stop looking at me. Uh, the, uh, he can't do that. He's just sitting there going, what's up, dog? That's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. He keeps trying to sell me Asper cream, and he, I don't need it. He is. It's weird. Um, uh, icy to dull the pain, hot to relax it away. Um, the theme song. Uh, it's not just a cheap knockoff of London Bridges falling down. Um, it is. How a, dare you? Right? I'm going there. I'm going there. The theme song is actually, uh, if you 
look up Friday the 13th disco theme. It is super catchy for a horror theme song. It's actually pretty incredible. Uh, performed by the, and I'm using air quotes here, band Hot Ice. It is, it's amazing. So uh, I think it even edges out uh, Halloween 3 with in the in the soundtrack department. Defense now rests How officially, you. Your Honor. How dare you? I know, right? I'm going for the gu- I'm, I'm going for the throat, man. Jason's my boy. Uh, this is a tough fight, too. This one, this one is no matter who wins, we all win. But <laughs> this is a, so. A- I'm assuming you're both voting for your own pick. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm. Okay. Good. That means I can make both of you do favors <laughs> for me to get a vote. Um, yep. First of all, to deduct uh, half a point from Flanagan for pulling a Joe Bob and saying he was done and then going back to the I know, more. I know. Uh, I just, as soon as I was done, I, th- I remembered theme song, and I, I knew that it was going to be bad, but I uh, I forgot to bring it up. It's okay, it it's okay, because in case you didn't know, fucking love Joe Bob. So I... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I have come to, because of you asshats, really appreciate Halloween 3. It is one of only four Halloween movies I own. Hmm. I've also, because of you assets, come to appreciate the Friday the 13th franchise for most <laughs> of it. Um, six is the pinnacle. We all agree on that. Uh, but uh, you, I'm uh, sorry. I, I have something six, in my ear. Did you say Jason yeah. X? Six no, needs more six. boobies to be in contention. <laughs> um, and by more, I mean any. Space. Comes, comes down to this. <laughs> Space. <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> Halloween 3 is the one that is most often overlooked or dropped out because it has nothing to do with the rest of the franchise. Friday the 13th Part 3 literally gave birth to the franchise as we know it today because, yeah, Jason came back and we'll make a movie, but it wasn't Jason as we knew him until 3. Therefore, I'm throwing my weight behind Friday the 13th Part 3. Fair. You put up a very good argument, Coron. Is it when I sang Silver Shamrocks? Is that when I lost you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's to the point with Halloween 3 that it's like I like the original and then Halloween 3 right underneath it. And had it not been called Halloween 3, I think... Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's just the, like the double-edged sword of like it's good and it's also bad. Look, we did an entire episode in defense of Halloween Part 3, yeah. so... We're not hating on the movie. You can no. go check out that episode where we just spend 45 minutes sucking the dick of Halloween 3. It's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. Uh, trust me. I, 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 as well as being on this show, I occasionally... That's, so That's not true. Yeah, that's true. Not very often. I said occasionally <laughs> yeah, listen to the show. I can steal your line. All right, well, Coron, you fair. can sit down for a minute. This next bout... Flanagan, get ready. Shit. We have, in keeping with the horror theme. Ass whooping. We have Jaws 3D versus Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, the Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. If everybody wants to go ahead and Google stop, he's already dead right now. (laughs) Because that's what this this round is about to be. All right. Go for it. Lay it on me. What do you got? All right. First of all, I got one name, two words, uh, Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. 
throwing that out there. But this is, it's an interesting, Jaws 3 is an interesting bird because it's an interesting entry into the franchise because it does something, it, it, SeaWorld officially licensed and is, is included, <laughs> like makes no damn sense why SeaWorld would want to be, like the, the whole movie is just this weird, surreal thing from start to finish. It's appreciated to me that they at least try to freshen up the formula because one of the major criticisms of Jaws 2 is that it's basically Jaws 1. It's pretty much exactly Jaws 1 except for it takes an extra 20 minutes to get going because everybody has to get through the joke of, didn't we do this already? And then it gets to, you know, the action. Jaws 3, in order to combat that, literally just uproots the whole thing and moves it to friggin' SeaWorld. And with that, you have all of the interesting things that go along with SeaWorld where it's a fully functioning business landscape behind it. And so you have all of these inner working parts of SeaWorld, but meanwhile we know that Jaws is lurking. And it does, of course, take a hit by not having Roy Scheider... And, um, you know, all, all of the original characters, um, you know, you have the sons that are grown up, but, you know, if, if you look at how they got Roy Scheider to do Jaws 2, you'll understand why he didn't come back. And at that point, Jaws still a viable franchise, still a whole lot of fun i mean you have the the water jet skier people uh with the the pyramid you have all of the the fun stuff that if you've ever been to SeaWorld or an aquatic theme park you see the stuff you see the the water acrobats and you see the the dolphins and you see other different things that get put into the jaws franchise that you otherwise wouldn't have the underground water tunnel which is a cool idea and also one of the worst best shots in the history of cinema where the shark breaks the glass but does it somehow without moving uh like the, it's just a still frame that they literally back up push forward back up and then go through the glass it's hilarious jaws 3 is one of those movies and you guys will back me up on this because i've sent you photos i will when that movie i catch it in the wild wherever it is I will sit and watch that movie. Whether it's 10 minutes in, whether it's 10 minutes till it's over, uh, if I see, and God bless AMC, because they have the Jaws cable rights, and when, when I see Jaws 3 playing on AMC, I don't care where it is in the movie, I will watch it because the movie is flat out fun. It's stupid, yes, it makes no sense, true, but damn it all if it is not a sit back on your couch, grab a beer, and have a hell of a good time watching Jaws run amok in SeaWorld. The defense rests. Sorry, muted. All right. That's okay. That's all I, that's all I got. That's all I can come up with. <laughs> No, that's good. Uh, and, and you know, this, this again, this is another uphill battle for me because you know how much I love Jaws. It's, 
we both have like we, we share a, we share a common bond in that, and that we both have such a like. I mean, you and I fangirling over the Jaws pops that were revealed. I mean, yeah, yeah. So this is gonna be rough for me because I love Jaws three, uh, warts and all, but I'm arguing Nightmare on Elm Street Part three. The Dream Warriors, because let's be honest, Nightmare Part 3 is the sequel we all wanted following the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, while you may love the idiosyncrasies of the second movie and the intentional, unintentional gay pride commentary, Friday Part 2, Freddy's Revenge is not the sequel we wanted. It's not what anyone wanted to see. It's the sort of bastard child of the franchise because it referenced again. It was, I mean, they literally started out the the, the part two without even uh, Robert Englund in the suit. Um, so, all right, throw that one out. Here we go. Part three, Nancy's back. Um, to me, part three is the sweet spot of the Nightmare franchise. One, establish the rules uh, and sort of set the tone. Two, cranks everything up, but it, it avoids the trap of turning Freddy into a parody of himself. He starts to get a little more humor in three, uh, but it's not as over the top as it will become. The kills get a little more elaborate, a little more inventive, uh, which is always great. But what I love about three is so three is set in a for kids who are basically having like shared psychosis. Um, uh, and Nancy, um, how many years later, is, is sort of studying. Um, this because you know it affected part of her past, and she's sort of following through on that. Um, the kids start dying one by one, and they die in ways that, as we and and creative but terrifying, yet still explainable as suicides. So there's a credibility for why no one believes the kids in a horror movie for once uh, until the shit hits the fan. Um. It explores the relationship between Freddy and Nancy a little bit. It, again, gets more creative, more inventive with the kills, which is always a good sign of a horror movie. It avoids becoming a complete parody of itself like later entries will. Uh, it it goes into the dream world. It gives us what you wanted to see from another Nightmare on Elm Street film. Much better, uh, much more satisfactorily than the second movie. Um, they could have stopped here and people would have been happy because it was amazing. Uh, I love Jaws 3, but it's the fakest looking shark they've ever had. Uh, that th- the 3D effects do not hold up. Um, they barely held up at the time. Uh, Nightmare doesn't revolve around any kind of cheap trick like, hey, look, the shark's coming at the camera. Or, ooh, wow, that severed limb sure is floating in front of me. Um, no, it, it, it has its own thing. Um Granted, Nightmare 3 does circle back around to the first one a little bit, quite as standalone of a film as, as, you know, I grade sequels that they should be. Um, But it's not unfollowable. Uh, It's not unrecognizable. Uh, It stands on its own. I think it's the best of the entire Friday or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, uh, Votes, votes. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I gotta. I, I I can't let it get clean swept, so I gotta vote Jaws three. That's fair. 
I'll throw it up behind Nightmare. So, Karan, it's all up to you. In in the interest of complete and utter openness, uh, it's a movie I haven't seen against my favorite on Elm Street movie. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Dream Warriors. I saw it yes. coming, and it's okay. You know what? My heart is okay with it. You made a good decision, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whew. And so that brings us uh, to this next round. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Oh, wait. We got one more, don't we? Flagon, it's you yeah. and me again. Oh, we have shit. the the battle of the action comedies. We have Men in Black 3 versus Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, man. Here's another one where I'm going to get uh, pummeled in the corner. It's okay because I'm ready for it. Do you like me to start since you started last time? If you, if you want to, feel free. Sure. So, um, sorry, I'm talking and talking. Uh, once again, this is another movie that fits into the the second one did not do so well. So the third one is sort of an apology or a, a make good. Uh, Men in Black surprise hit of '97. Uh, this great combination of police procedural sci-fi comedy action thing. Uh, Will Smith and Timely Jones, beautiful chemistry together. The second movie came along and it was literally everything wrong with movies at that time. It was just throw more money in it, put more CGI on the screen. Who cares about plot? Uh, we'll bake our, bend our, brag, bend our backs over to try to figure out a way to bring back Timely Jones, even though he neuralized himself at the end of the first movie. Uh, yeah, Men of Black 2, not the movie people wanted to see. It, it, just, it didn't. No, did not leave a good taste in your mouth. So we take some time off the franchise. We wait till we have a really interesting story. We come back to it again. And sadly, this movie gets forgotten about. I think it's maybe the best of the trilogy because we throw in time travel. And time travel can sometimes totally break a movie. But in Men in Black 3, I think it's used perfectly. Um, we get a really cool visual way of, of literally falling back into time. Uh, and it gives us a really awesome wraparound kind of story. So in Men in Black 3, um, Jay, uh, Will Smith, has to go back in time because something in Kay's past is coming uh, for him in the future, and it's erasing or restructuring the timeline, but Jay is the only one who remembers the original timeline, so he's going to figure out what's going on, which is all set up to get us to Jay in the 1960s, in the early days of the Men in Black, partnering up with a young K played immaculately, immaculately, I can't pronounce words tonight, uh, by Josh Brolin. And from there on, it's the same buddy cop action comedy sci-fi movie you want from Men in Black. Uh, with, uh, and it, it beautifully replaces that its lead star uh, with a younger version of the same crumbudgeon old man. Uh, even though he's a younger, old curmudgeon. Uh, <laughs> Men of Black 3 is fantastic. Uh, gives you a really interesting villain, uh, uh, one you can actively root against. It goes back into that pop culture kind of thing and explores like who was an alien and, and who wasn't through the history of of um, uh, the U.S. Uh, it gives you awesome chase scenes, cool shootouts. Uh, um, jailbreak scene at the beginning of the movie. Um, and again, on paper, should not work, 
but it's executed beautifully. It's time travel done well. It's replacing your lead in a buddy cop movie, but somehow it improves the movie. We still get Tommy Lee Jones at the big Josh Rowland and Man, I wish we could have gotten more of that dynamic of that partnership. Uh, setting Men in Black back in the 60s was awesome because it, it keeps that aesthetic of like 60s tech going. Um, a great movie, way too often overlooked. Um, but there you go. Yeah. Um, the defense rests, to borrow a line. Uh, Men in Black 3 is a perfect example of an entry saving a franchise. Uh, because it made it, that was one of those movies that it literally was going to make or break the franchise. And if it tanked, you were never going to see men in black again, pretty much ever. And not only did it do well, but like, it was a fantastic movie. It was really, really good. So yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, whew, Beverly Hills cop three. So I'm that weird guy. That uh, not only do I think Beverly Hills Cop is a great movie, Beverly Hills Cop 3 is a great movie, I honestly will say that it's my favorite of the entire franchise. And I know everybody looks at me like I'm a weirdo. But I will explain it. because Please do. I will. Because I don't know if you guys know this about me or not. I love theme parks. I love amusement parks. And I love, I love that whole idea, um, and dropping Axel, Foley into a, an amusement park, into a theme park, uh, the, the bright lights and colorful cartoon characters set against the, uh, dark and gritty Beverly Hills cop franchise is hilarious to me and it works it's a it adds a a, what do they call that uh that trope the fish out of water um feeling to it the jokes still make me laugh um it gives you um uh judge reinhold which everybody knows that i'm a judge reinhold apologist um even what is it that he did at the airport that was whatever. Um, real bad. Something about cocaine. Um, but, yeah, I love I love amusement parks. I still reference it to this day. I still reference. Uh, you'll often hear me on the show saying, hey, it's like that scene in Beverly Hills Cop 3 where the guy's printing money in the basement. Because that <laughs> idea is an idea that will is like printing money. So, to me, it is just as quotable and just as fun just in a slightly different way as all of the other Beverly Hills Cop movies and it works as part of the overall story it works as a standalone movie and it's fun I like it um seeing seeing um uh Eddie Murphy dressed as what was the elephant's name okie dokie hilarious see it's funny funny as shit so uh yeah, you can say it's predictable. Yeah, you can say it just kind of follows the numbers at that point. But there's still some some charm left to the Beverly Hills Cop at that point, and the movie still entertains me. I still love it a whole lot. It's okie dokie. Done. 
Flanagan. Yes. Just just stop. I just know. stop. I know. I know. You know why? You know why? Why? You had you had me Achwell. Achwell Foley? You buried your lead. Achwell Foley? <laughs> Bronson Pinchot is, is back as Serge. So yeah, just <laughs> the best character of the movie, right? Uh, of the entire far, franchise, yeah, far Here away, the best. Yeah, oh yeah. How come he? Doesn't Where's have my a Serge uh, spinoff series? How huh? Come, how come he doesn't have a pop vinyl? Blasphemy! I know, right? It's like that and Mr. Belding <sighs> are the two that I'm just like, how the shit do they not have them? Like, really, not Mr. Belding? Right? Yeah, that's yeah. That's what everybody says. They go, oh, they made Saved by the Bell pops. Okay, cool. Yeah, but there's no Mr. Belding. What? Hey, 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 Wait, hey, what think? is going on here? How come there's no Mr. Belding pop vinyl? Whatever. Anyway, <sighs> the prosecution rests. Okay. If the glove don't fit, you must have uh, We both voting for our own pick? That goes the other way, yeah. Okay. Koran, it's up to you again then, buddy. This is uh, going to sound vaguely familiar. <laughs> one you haven't seen <laughs> and one that you consider the best. Uh, yeah, there's uh, one movie that I consider to be the best of the franchise, and I haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop 3, so... Gotta go Men in Black. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I, I enjoy the first Beverly Hills Cop. It's the only one I've ever seen, though. So. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like I should be yelling out fake news and begging for a recall for the two losses I suffered this week. But hey, if, if you'd been able to... Uh, really? Because we're going into the very, very, very last round. One movie moving out of the first round. Well, well I feel like I just got cheated in the fact that uh, you haven't seen half of my picks, but... <laughs> hey, you got me to flip on Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's a skill that so I So I don't want to hear any complaints. No, no, absolutely. You will not hear me... Well, here's the, you won't hear me complain because Friday the 13th Part 3 made it past the first round, so I'm happy. Yes, my boy and, Jason and, made it. What was it, and what was really the, the the heartbreaking uh, heartbreaking matchup of yeah. just because we both love those movies so we much. Do. Um, you know it, that was that was a. I'm telling you, there were a couple um, matchups this week that just uh, tugged on my very heartstrings and everything that I held dear. So. Oh. <sighs> You ready, Koran? This is oh, it. Yeah. Last round, and this one really hurts. Because um, uh, I love both these movies. But we have, finishing out the bracket round one, Thor Ragnarok versus Army of Darkness for best threequel franchise reboot thing of a movie. Uh, and Koran, you get to go first since you've had the last round off. Okay. Uh, th this is my boomstick. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, God, it. <laughs> Maybe the most, like, triple A B movie ever released. It might be Army of Darkness. It's, um, you know, it's a love letter to. Schlock. It's a love letter to, um, <laughs> just, you know, over the top ridiculousness. It takes a movie that was set in a haunted cabin and puts it back in the middle ages with zombies and, 
evil Ash, and, you know, he's got his car there. I just, I just love Bruce Campbell so much. It, it's, you know, endlessly quotable. Again, uh, you know, you can walk up to any group of horror nerds and say, this is my boomstick or shop smart, shop S smart. Um, it has influenced uh, the horror and I guess horror comedy genre in ways that are still showing today. Um, and I'm trying to think about like what else to say here. Um, Cause I just, I've, it's been a long first round, guys. <laughs> so yeah. having to keep talking is kind of the thing. But it's 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 Army of Fucking Darkness. If you, if you, if you don't know Army of Darkness, why are you listening to Talk Nerdy to me? Um, you know, it's if they hadn't done Ash versus Evil Dead, this would have been a fitting series end for uh, the Deadites and Evil Dead and all that. But Nah, no, no, but just it would have been a fitting end. I, I love this movie. I love Bruce Campbell. I love Sam Raimi. Uh, they do great work together. And this is, yeah, this is a great movie. I love you, Army of Darkness. <laughs> I love you so damn much. It loves you too, Karan. Oh. So much like our Wood Zelda game, is best argument. I can't really argue against Army of Darkness because as Koran pointed out, it's Army of Fucking Darkness. Um, it's a great movie. That being said, let's be honest, that franchise peaked at Evil Dead 2. Thor Ragnarok took a struggling franchise, completely turned it upside down, shook everything out, turned it on its head, and somehow delivered a package that was more popular than the first two films in the franchise. When does a third movie ever become the best of the franchise? That doesn't happen. Thor Ragnarok changed all the rules about what a Thor movie was supposed to be. It completely changed the way the character was perceived and portrayed. It delivered some of the most comic book accurate Thor stuff we'd ever seen and put him in a 1980s-inspired sci-fi comedy? Yet somehow it all worked. He had Thor and Valkyrie and Loki... And still he came out as the coolest character in the movie? That hasn't happened in a Thor movie yet. Uh, it it completely restructured the character. It, it killed off old characters. It brought in new ones. It set up uh, a new version of Thor and a new character. It revitalized what was a dying franchise. Um, it kind of reminds me of... of uh, the Stanley Spider-Man story of I got away with so much in my first Spider-Man story because Amazing Fantasy was about to be canceled and no one cared what I did. I feel that's kind of where Thor was. Marvel's like, look, we got to finish this last Thor movie because we set up a story and we want to finish it. And, you know, actors are signed for another movie and whatnot. So we really don't care what you do, Taika Waititi. Just go nuts. Have fun with it. And they turned in what was a walking contradiction that somehow works beautifully. Uh, in fact, when people talk about Thor in the MCU now, this is the default movie they're going to go to. It's fun. It's exciting. Uh, if you don't know any of the other characters or don't know a lot about the other two movies, it doesn't matter because we're not really going to get into that. It's pretty self-contained. Um, and I haven't even mentioned yet Jeff frickin' Goldblum as the game master just at 
peak Goldblum levels. I mean, yeah, he has a character name and whatnot, but let's be honest, he's just being Jeff Goldblum in a fancy space robe. Um, it shouldn't work, but it, God, it works beautifully. Um, and again, when does the third movie ever become the best of the of the series? Army Darkness is fun, but seriously, search your heart. Evil Dead 2 is the best of that franchise, and I think we all know it. So there we go. Going to assume we're voting for our own on this round? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Flanagan, last pick, last round, oh last match. All up to you. In my, Bring it home. In my, uh, my app, the year in pixels that I've been doing, um, under what emotions did you feel today? I'm going to add stressed. Uh, based on this one pick alone because I love both of these movies for totally different reasons Uh, in college we called Army of Darkness and I quote the ultimate guy movie Uh, it's literally everything that you want in a movie if you're a dude or you like movies that are aimed at dudes it was all of the testosterone and all of the fun action adventure excitement uh, that was the Expendables before the expendables but it also included this cool sci-fi horror element like it was everything thor ragnarok after ghostbusters one and two if this tells you anything about how impressed i was with thor ragnarok um after ghostbusters one and two it was the first movie that i bought on 4k uh it was that combo pack and so it was the first movie that i i did not own before that i bought on 4k because i was i will go on record as to say that the first two thor movies were not made for me um i'm not a huge fan of the first two thor movies I am a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok. I love everything about it. Uh, Initially, I was a little worried from the trailer, but I love everything about it. Uh, It's fantastic. Um, It takes a character that I was literally, I was tired of, and I was just kind of worn out on and not really impressed by, and made me a fan, which I think is the ultimate praise I can give a movie. So, that being said, where do we go from here? I mean, this is this is a I want I just want to to you to realize the gravity of this vote for me that I am not taking it lightly. I am not taking it. Uh, um, I, I take this responsibility seriously. So to take it home, I have to go. Whether it I have to, I have to choose my heart or my gut and. I gotta go Army of Darkness. Yes. I, I mean, but that being said, Thor Ragnarok, like this one, th- this matchup was probably the hardest choice I had to make. And that, that includes Halloween 3 and Friday the 13th 3, which. I made a point to say how tough that one was, but gosh, I'm done playing. I'm going home. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, 
I mean, I'm sad to see you go, but I'm happy to watch you leave. So. No, uh, yeah, like it's a hard, hard choice. It is like there were so you. many really good matchups that were like literally, um, it was like a coin flip. It was like it could have gone either way because both movies were so strong. And it's weird because when when you first sent the send me your favorite part threes, I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like we're not gonna have enough for a tournament. Like th- there's no good part threes and then i saw the bracket i'm like holy shit there's a lot of really good part threes there's 16 there's 16 to be exact again (laughs) props to everyone for having some really good picks uh there's also a few that that we came up with and didn't use in this one um yeah seriously because i had the same initial thought uh when i was at work and and thought of what about third movies i'm like well no those all suck so should we do like the worst third movies well that's too easy godfather 3 just wins i started well yeah i started thinking about it and i came up with it like well it's just some pretty good ones that one's really good that's actually and then the more i thought about it and i literally i was i was baking cookies so i took a uh a butcher piece of uh Took a piece of paper that we uh, put the cookies down on and set it off to the side, and with a sharpie, literally started writing out a tournament bracket at work uh, <laughs> of movies I thought about the top of my head. And then I, I already had like five or six when I sent you guys the uh, the text, and then I started getting yours, and I'm like, no, this is really going to work. Yeah, because um, yeah, great picks, and there, and I wading through them really tried to match them up so that no one pick felt like oh that's the obvious winner um because yeah and i i tried to match them up sort of equally um and and to to put the bracket so that we didn't have anything too random facing each other uh we're gonna get some craziness but that's the fun of the tournament so i'm looking at what's left right now and i'm like there's no clear winner like so yeah to run through here's here's to recap making it through to round two uh, which will be next week because we're way over time. Uh, round two will be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Rocky Three, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Predators, <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 3, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Men in Black 3, and Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, sorry, wait, sorry. Wait. I meant Army of Darkness and Men in Black 3. Oh, okay. Man, there's some Whoops. good matchups. Like it's this is this is fun because like I'm like I listen to that and I'm like any one of those could win. Like legitimately, you could make a case yeah. for any one of those and be and make a solid, compelling argument for every single one of them. So if you don't, if, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna go watch. <laughs> <laughs> Call me when you get scared. Yep. All right. Four minutes in. Um, that's when I get scared. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, good. You're right. Like good, good job by everybody. Like awesome picks. That last round, especially it's crazy how much army of darkness and Thor Ragnarok have in common. Yeah. Oh Uh, yeah. The more you sit and start thinking about them and reinventing a franchise and being completely different from the other two movies that came. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I love it. A lot of good picks, guys. Good job. Good job, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, as Obi-John said, we're way over time. So thank you for hanging in there with us on our marathon episode. Uh, And uh, we'll end it the way that we always end it. 
by saying thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you guys for being a part of it. And we say goodbye the only way we know how, which is yeah. Thank you.